0: Welcome to uh, the Bishop and the Vicars. Go my Bishop Tom Daly, the Bishop of the Diocese of Spokane and joining me in the Bishops and the Vicars are Father Darren Connell, who is the Vicar General, also rector of our Lady of Lords Cathedral and I wash your car. Yes, thank you very much. Father Pat Kirst, who is the pastor of St. Thomas More and St. Patrick's Parish. And I wash my car? <laughs> uh, you don't have a car. Um, <laughs> The vicar, aren't cars. the vicar of Priests, <laughs> and Father Brian Mee, the pastor of St. Augustine's and the Vicar of Finance. In an uh, earlier show, when the Vickers were away, um, I had an opportunity to hear from the listening audience, and they said, we don't know Suspended. the vicars. <laughs> we don't know the vicars very well. So they asked to provide some information that maybe the listening audience would appreciate. Um, I just want to say a few things. Father Mee, again, the pastor of St. Augustine's, is a great and devoted bird watcher, but he's also a bird caller, and his oh. specialties <laughs> not know. Are ah. the Pacific loon, the wild turkey, and the Caribbean flamingo. That's very <sighs>
1: Don't forget the quesal of Guatemala.
0: Oh, I haven't heard that. Oh. Well maybe he a- doesn't speak Quechua. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, that's very good. Okay. Yeah, there I didn't are. know that. That sounded like that... uh, that Oh, Lord, we have birds on on the the studio
1: window here. (laughs) here. (laughs) They're beginning to drop.
0: Father Kirst uh, competed in the Big Squeeze Accordion Contest in 1989. (laughs) He started playing in the sixth grade. I finished third. Third. And he's competed in 12 states, uh, specializing in German, Czech, and Polish polka, uh, and was currently... What's wrong with Hungarian Hungarian polka? The official instrument of hell. Is it? Well, we're going to get to that. That's our okay. second episode. That's a little prenoton to And the... finally, Father... Here we go. I bet it's not my weight. <laughs> no, no, not at all. When Father Connell was at Central Valley High, he learned square dance. Square dance. And dancing. Um, square. in fact, he was part of the Students for Square Dancing Club, <laughs> which is November 29th. In 1982, President Reagan signed an act of Congress making square dancing the official national folk dance of our nation he's got that do do t-shirt he wears it's and tight that's now. very good yeah because he's husky um he's <laughs> See, appeared in square dancing competition in quebec <laughs> the ozarks quebec and colville God. and when asked why you uh square dance he said this square dancing is friendship set to music is that beautiful? Oh, that's it is. I've got a that's tear. A beautiful. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get some serious things here. We're oh, talking finally. about <laughs> our topic this day, and, <laughs> and I know the listening audience, you'll be given more facts. I don't facts. think they're listening any longer. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're listening to me. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, we enter into November, uh, we traditionally reflect upon the lives of the saints and also um, the souls uh, of the faithful departed. So this episode, this time, is going to be a discussion um, on saints, their role in the church, the favorite saints that uh, we've come to know uh, growing up as Catholics. And hopefully, in our listening audience, you'll have an opportunity to reflect the patron saints of your parish, those saints that have been dear to you. There's a special devotion. And we know that the saints uh, lead us, uh, much like Mary, closer to Jesus by their example, their witness. Maybe a few um, saints from your life, Father Christ. Um, I know this patron saint of accordion players. Uh yeah, it slips my mind who that is, mm-hmm.
2: but uh obviously the my my personal patron, Saint uh Patrick, is uh one that I have always found intriguing. Uh I'm now pastor of St. Patrick Parish. And it happened to have had that name of a parish before I got there, but if it hadn't had that name, it would have been changed when I got there. But uh mm. it's actually the third Saint Patrick parish I've been the pastor of uh, or been associated with. Uh, there are only a couple more in the diocese with that uh, name that I'll probably be assigned to later on. St. I Patrick suppose. Colfax. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think that in my future, the tea leaves are saying it. But uh, mm-hmm. in, but if in you studying, make an ACA, you would not worry about it. Exactly. But in, in studying some of the lives of these saints, like an early saint like Patrick, and it's intriguing how uh, not much is known with a whole lot of certainty, but there's a, a lot of legend ah. surrounding it. So, driving snakes out of Ireland and using a shamrock for catechesis and you so shut forth. Shut your mouth. <laughs> did you ever <laughs> you see a snake in Ireland? I've never seen a snake. I've never even there seen you Ireland. have it. There you go. Well, I yes, saw it from the ship. Well, okay. well, I, oh, I saw more pub. Proof I saw well. a pub we in, in Dublin. In you were in Dublin. I did see that Trinity pub. Trinity
3: College, the Book of Kells. Mm-hmm.
0: And, Interesting.
2: But uh, anyway, his life of being a you know slave for a while and then escaping from that and then coming back to the land of Ireland, the land of air, as they say, I believe, that. Uh, was quite influential on that. Here, uh, <laughs> I don't believe that. Mm. That might be wrong. I don't Connell Daly and me. you Fred uh, <laughs> Lightly. Fred Lightly. But he went through a great conversion in his life and was er, raised. Uh, let's see, his his father was a Roman citizen. Is that mm-hmm. correct? That was a pagan, and uh, and uh, his name was a, a Roman name, Patricius. Is that correct? I might be making stuff up here. No, no, you're don't, right.
0: It, we all do. It's Father Brian Me who who would know that pronunciation.
1: Well, first of all, I mean, don't forget St. Patrick was actually kidnapped by the Irish. He was uh, there for years in slavery. The Druids. Mm. But don't blame the Druids. The Druids are a good people now. Ever All right. And then of his own volition, and this is how you can tell he had the heart of the Irish, Here, he chose to go back to become the Apostle of Ireland. Beautiful, beautiful story. I thought that was like
0: Isaac Jogues. Uh, Isaac Jogues, he to had New his, France. No, they chewed it. off his ears and his fingers. No, no, let's,
1: let's keep moving around. You now. <laughs> favorite saint.
3: Arcedeta. Yeah, uh, Father Connor. Your favorite saint. I want to take a little different tact on this, if I may. Oh, you, you don't can, have you,
1: a favorite saint. No, i not that I don't because you have a
3: script mm. in front of you. I do. Have yeah. That. Okay, go on, please. I want to talk about two saints, but. No
1: one saint. So we, when we, we all celebrate,
3: can you please, when, yeah. when we celebrate the feast of all saints, we celebrate uh, certainly all those who are canonized by the church, uh, officially canonized, but we also honor those who are in heaven with God and, and who have not been canonized. And um, when my grand, my maternal grandmother and grandfather died, uh, they're some of the finest people God ever created. And was that Mother McCree? No, mm-hmm. um, her name was Thelma. Oh and Benedict, Mm -hmm. and um, my grandma-grandpa for the first couple years uh, after their death, I would visit Holy Cross Cemetery and I'd go to their grave and say Hail Mary for their souls. I prayed for them, you know, if they were in purgatory, Uh, but now every time I go out there now, I never pray for them anymore. I instead pray to them, and I ask for their prayers for whatever's going on. uh, in my life to ask them to pray for me, because I do believe that they are saints in the sense that they are, I, I firmly believe that they are with God. Uh, they haven't been canonized by the church or recognized as such, but they certainly are to me, and I have felt that I've benefited from their prayers, um, again, especially when I'm going through something difficult like
1: uh, w- so, a, a work so day with you. That's all <laughs> All that is needed is that you canonize them, huh, personally?
3: Well, they're in the, they're in the Connell canon, they're not in the church's canon, no. and um,
0: and it's nice, and you're therefore it must not be, be true. You're placing yourself up as a as a alternative uh, magisterium. Uh, we only, won't tolerate it, that only only when you're no,
1: I want to go to mine. I okay, don't know if you realize what's... this, but I am one of the um, faithful followers of Saint Polycarp.
0: Oh, good old Polycarp. Now, pa- Polycarp or
1: No, Polycarp was a de- Smyrna. Is Smyrna. Is where, uh, mm-hmm. He was from disciple of uh, John, the apostle. But anyway, Polycarp. Um, his is really the first Saints' Day that we celebrate. Hmm. Uh, and it came about is of course, the early church celebrated um, those who were martyred. Polycarp was martyred. But as far as we have uh, um, information or the history is that the people returned to where he was martyred on his first anniversary, and they would celebrate the Mass there. And it was because of that that uh, the whole sanctoral cycle, beginning to celebrate saints on a specific day, uh, began. And the idea was this was their birthday, their birthday hmm. into heaven. So Polycarp, uh, he's very important for a number of reasons, which I'm sure he'll come up at other times and other shows. But uh, I would hope, I would certainly hope that all of you, beyond your grandparents and even beyond St. Patrick, would have a great devotion to St. Polycarp, as I know Bishop Daly does. Is this just the Ooh. listening
0: audience you're speaking to? Because, I, in fact, if we have a chance to build a new parish in my uh, time as bishop, St. S- Polycarp. Smyrna. Yes, which is a small village just outside Cincinnati. Right, just it's a suburb of Cincinnati. Sub- yeah, I remember that. You, you were on Shaker Heights, but that's Cleveland. Right um polycarp is uh an interesting name what about your how come you didn't choose that father me as your confirmation name you chose aloysius wasn't it joseph joseph
1: not well, not the worker not Joseph's joseph joseph worker. joseph of Cooper, joseph joseph <laughs> <of Cupercino? laughs>
0: joseph Boy, this the, shows, that shut okay. him up <laughs> no.
1: joseph that was my confirmation <laughs> name or it is my confirmation
2: the husband name. of mary that joseph the yes. husband of mary oh, okay yes and,
0: uh, Father Curse, what's your confirmation name again?
2: That would be Michael. My Michael. best friend was named Michael, and mm-hmm. so I took Michael, and he took Patrick, and mm. and we were confirmed together. And...
0: Are you, is he still in the church? He, he is, is, yes. Good. That's yes. A, Yeah. And uh, your middle name is David. David, which so... you chose also as confirmation name, because that was something cutting-edge at the time? It was. It, the whole Psalm 51 and mm-hmm.
3: King David and all that. Uh, but the the if I had to choose a saint, one saint, it would be the one that was just mentioned, which is Joseph Cupertino. Hmm. I, I've when I was studying for my comprehensive exams at, at the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. Yes,
0: that's right. You studied in the East. I yes. studied yeah. in the East.
3: Um, I was uh, stressing out about my comprehensive exams, so I began praying to Joseph Cupertino because he is the patron saint of poor students. Hmm. And I figured I would go to him uh, to make up for my intellectual... Limitations. Poverty. Limitations, yeah. poverty. And I prayed to him almost every day, and ended up passing my comps, and I went over to the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception to make a Thanksgiving. And for the first time in three years, I found uh, a statue of Joseph Cupertino that I had looked overlooked mm. all those years. And he smiled upon me, and I and, smiled back. But
2: that's not a mother church, that basilica.
3: No, that's just a basilica. Yeah, it's it's a fine th- basilica. The cathedral's is a mother church. When we get back, we're so going to take a commercial take break. And
0: uh, okay, it looks like we need to go. Yeah, down a commercial, commercial break. break. And uh, that missing quickly. That and we will uh, return as we we're talking about saints with a little bit more focus and discipline. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. And, uh, no I don't, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Welcome back. It's the bishop and the vicars, and I. We are taping this show um, on on Halloween. I just want to tell you, the listening audience, that uh, I made it very clear that Father Connell could not come in his Barney um, big purple. And yet he dinosaur. did. Yes, you. yet he did. Thank you, Father Christ, for that. <laughs> um, Father Brian, me is dressed up as. Um, Polycarp polycarp <laughs> only it 's a rabbit outfit, big uh, fish outfit uh, big
2: fish poly outfit. poly means many carp means mini carp many fish,
0: yeah, and Pat Kirsty dressed up as Fred Flintstone, on a listening audience That's that 's what I wear older. every day yes, okay, easy um, <laughs> we We last left off uh, speaking about saints, and have we ever met saints, so we, I mean all saints, of course, we think about as father Connell spoke about his uh, saintly um, relatives. Uh, I was fortunate uh, to have met Mother Teresa three times when I was a priest of the Archdiocese of San Francisco. I met receive, her first. You did, because you're much older than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but did you ever receive a miraculous medal from her, Father
1: <laughs> <Peter>? <laughs> No, not a miraculous medal, no. Okay. It was just a plain medal, medal. I got from her. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, it was probably a coin. <laughs> uh, I actually had two miraculous medals that were given to me by Mother Teresa, and I've met St. John Paul, which I know you, you said that John Paul put ashes. He put ashes on my head mm-hmm. on Ash Wednesday. On Ash Wednesday. Yeah. What year was that? 1999,
1: be... a... I think. Was that when you were in the
0: monastery? No, he no, hadn't, hadn't converted at... yet. Mm.
1: I had not converted. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. I was in the monastery, but not, no, I was at San. Domiano. No, Santa Sabina. That's where he gives ashes on Ash Wednesday. Mm. Well, did. Did.
3: did. Got, got got rest it no more.
0: <laughs> uh, I, Connell, I met...
3: received uh, a rosary from St. John Paul II in the year 2000, the Jubilee year. Mm-hmm. I was with uh, Monsignor Pearson and his sister and brother-in-law, and he handed me a rosary, which I cherish to this day. Mm-hmm. And and
2: I have never met any uh, canonized saints, and if I would have, they probably would have never got through the canonization process. So. Now, I oh, served. are
1: too humble.
0: Too humble. <laughs> I served
1: ahead. the canonization of the first uh, American-born saint. Drexel? Drexel.
0: Catherine Drexel? No. Oh, no.
1: Seaton, Elizabeth Seton oh, in yes, 1975.
0: That's right. And St. John Neumann was also uh, canonized. Was that that same year or was that later on? It must have been later on.
1: They didn't let me serve that one. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I'm the only one who was ever educated by a group of sisters that affiliated with Mother Seaton. Daughters of Charity, St. Vincent de Paul, but that's for another show. Are they when, still in existence? Yes, they are. No? The Daughters of Charity, yes. They're just no
1: longer educators.
0: No, they are in the archdiocese. Uh, and maybe if, if you're nicer to uh, people, we can have them in our diocese.
1: Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll do my best.
0: The great thing about saints is uh, many times they had a side. For example, Vincent de Paul had at times the tendency to be stern with the priests that he worked with, uh, they oftentimes, as I've experienced uh, with the Vickers, uh, competing against one another um, oh. about just just for attention. And um, <laughs> but um, so is that why you're stern with us? Yes, because uh, that makes for a strong America. <laughs> but uh, in any case, back into the Saints. Um, well, he mentioned about, he mentioned uh,
3: Elizabeth, or someone mentioned Elizabeth Ann Elizabeth Seaton and. Seton, and um, it reminded me of uh, when we built the church in Colville years ago, uh, the church's Immaculate Conception, and uh, Father Kirst wanted asked me, why don't I get a, a relic of Mary, a piece of bone or something? And uh, I said, uh, well, well, he obviously didn't go to the Catholic U for his theology because sir, there is no relic of Mary around. So we used uh, <laughs> a we used a, a, a relic from Elizabeth and Seton that I got at Emmitsburg, and we placed it in the altar. And I was reading the... Uh, the uh, ritual for the dedication of an altar. And very interesting, the church says that, I think most Catholics think that that an altar that has a relic in it, a piece of a saint, somehow is more special than one that does not. And actually the, the church says that the reason we put the relics in the altar, and this is from the dedication ritual, is that it's our way of honoring the saint by giving it a privileged place in this symbol for Christ, that the altar in and of itself uh, is a symbol for, for Jesus Christ, and we place the, the relic there to give that saint a special uh, place of honor. But it doesn't increase the dignity of of the altar because the altar is in and of itself a symbol for Christ. There's a new altar in the
2: Mother Church of the Diocese. Will we, there
3: be a relic in that altar? Uh, we do not have a relic in the altar because uh, it, it it is in and of itself a symbol for Jesus Christ as seen in the Cairo on the front of the uh, main altar of the Mother Church and the Iota Eta Sigma on the backside. Mm. of... Oh, back oh, not the right
0: word, though. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. The other side. The other side. Thank well, you. Well, when we do dedicate the altar, what, what day are we, is the dedication of the altar? Um, we're hoping to have it dedicated by uh, December. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then maybe we, we use water from Our Lady of Lords. Yeah, that'd uh, be really nice. For, for that, I, which I have.
3: We just have to... Uh, we, it, it all depends on on our, our income, Uh
1: no, no, noble. no, no. So here, we go. Go. We, <laughs> here we go, cut it off,
3: yes. back, back to I the mean, saints.
0: Why don't we talk about the the process, Father Christ, uh, before the break, was speaking about the, the process of sainthood, and uh, there might be some confusion uh, as to um, how that goes about, uh, what congregation, I know there was a streamlining under the Pope Francis and previous uh, popes to, to handle the process, um, different from the early church when there was a was it a uh, popular acclamation that might have led to uh, to a, someone being declared a saint? Um, you, the other day, Father me, was talking about uh, when a group of uh, the saints were made, Ignatius, uh, Francis Xavier, Teresa of Avila, uh, St. Isidore. Isidore of Seville.
2: And Philip Neary.
0: Neary. This was a
2: conversation in the first grade class we were meant. No,
0: it actually was a, That's, similar to the conversation, geez. the depth of the conversation of a first grade class. <sighs> right. But this was actually yeah. with you guys <laughs> at... Uh, at the rectory at uh, St. Peter's, if you remember that. Oh, I do, just rem- don't remember I do remember, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Father, when Father me was pontificating, and then we had to take a commercial break, and then you said, Father Chris, we're not on the radio anymore. <laughs> so uh, maybe about saint making the process.
3: Well, the, the you'd be happy to know that uh, that the uh, we all know that, that there are certain there are certain steps uh, in the official process. There's servant of God, venerable, blessed, and saint. Um, I learned something new in my research for this uh, radio show today. Uh, Our producer tells me that the whole canonization process begins with whom? Jesus. Jesus, of course, Mm -hmm. but what human being who's alive and not divine? Who thinks he's divine? The bishop. The The bishop. The bishop of the diocese. That's right. That uh, always begins the the formal process by uh, opening an investigation into how this person uh lived out uh, the virtues in a heroic way and at that point he becomes uh, the servant of god so uh yeah. bishop you have a lot of uh you have a lot of, of of clout
1: well actually that was the way it was done all the way up to here we go the 10th <laughs> century ah it was only then the first uh saint canonized by a pope was, as you'll remember, was Saint Ulrich of Augsburg, the bishop of Augsburg. Well, who doesn't by, know that? I think it was in nine seventy three. By could, Benedict the. It was nine seventy uh, nine thirty three. in nine ninety three. Somewhere in there. <laughs> he died in Benedict one. And he was canonized Benedict no, the other. <laughs> Moving on.
3: Begun. It was so, Celestine the fourth. Benedict the fourteenth, I think. Yes. Uh, no,
1: no, 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 no. But in any case, yeah. So I mean, it was the first nine. It still, of course, it begins with the bishop, but for the first thousand years nearly of the church, uh, there wasn't a formal process. Only then did Rome begin to get involved in the whole process of uh, canonization.
0: What, um, any experience, have you ever been at, at a canonization? <laughs> only Mother... Uh, was it Mother Seton? Elizabeth
1: Seton? It was Elizabeth C. I've been at other ones as well, but that's the one I best remember. Yes. I, I,
3: I want to say something uh, if we have the time about, uh, you know, because I sometimes try to listen to these shows with the ears of people who are not Catholic, not like, I'm sure, I mean, not like anyone listens to us. Who's not Catholic. <laughs> um, I think it's important to say something about, you know, why we have this devotion to the saints uh, because as we know, some of our, our brothers and sisters and other Christian traditions really don't understand our veneration of the saints. And um, I always like to speak about it in terms of a, a family and that, um, uh you know, in, in, just as we would ask anyone in our family or grandparents, I mentioned my devoted maternal grandparents, just as I would ask them for prayers when they were alive, we ask for the prayers uh, of the saints in heaven. And that there really is no no difference uh, because they're dead because of the resurrection and that uh, that does not separate us from those. And just So just as we would ask any one of our family members to pray for us, we ask uh, the saints in heaven uh, to pray for us as well and we venerate them i mean if i go over and and kiss the the photo of my grandmother you're not going to someone is not going to say oh gee he's worshiping his grandmother or as some kind of a god uh they would simply say isn't that nice he, he loves his grandma and he's showing him some honor and the very same thing is true when someone kisses a, a statue or image of of a saint it just if you can understand family you can understand the communion of saints
1: well plus the fact, yeah the saints are not separated from us. They are still with us. I mean, we live in this, uh, sense of time, but I mean, they are in eternity. So I, they're, um, they're even in this moment with us when we at, at mass, when we especially use the first Eucharistic par- prayer, the Roman Canon, uh, we recall all those saints and we ask for their intercession and we understand them to be gathered around the altar with us celebrating uh, this great celebration of the Eucharist. So I think sometimes we we kind of uh, separate them out in time. The saints are lived in the past and we'll see them in the future and we can remember them in the present. But the fact is um, they're present with us now as well.
0: We're talking about saints on the Bishop of the Vicars and we're gonna take a break. Talking on the bishop and the vicars about the saints as we move into the month of November, a time that we reflect on uh, those who've gone before us, as we say, marked with the sign of faith. We are fortunate in the United States to have uh, a very saintly Capuchin, Friar Solanus Casey, who has relatives in the diocese of Spokane. And many of the uh, members of the Casey family, uh, Dr. Tim Casey, his uh, children and uh, grandchildren, Will be uh, in Detroit, in Ford's Field, in mid November following the Bishop's Conference, as Archbishop Vineron, the Archbishop of Detroit, will. Uh, there will be a beatification ceremony of Solanus Casey, the Capuchin, a friar who was known for, among many things, his holiness, uh, welcoming people as he served um, in a monastery there in Detroit. And he was also known for telling people when they came for guidance that uh, we should thank God before we have received the graces we've asked for. His was an expression of generosity, of heart. And again, that is Solanus Casey, who will be beatified in November uh, here in the United States in Detroit. Uh, But Father me. you always provide an interesting dimension with your knowledge, your international training about uh, Mm -hmm. the church and uh, the experience of saints and um, perhaps in your travels, whether it was in Asia or Europe or North America, or even in your own mind. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Maybe some some thoughts about uh, special... About sainthood, about my own path to sainthood? Yes, martyrdom, martyrdom. Well,
1: during the break, we were talking about just how All Saints Day, where did it come from Mm -hmm. as well. And, of course, it began simply in celebrating the martyrs, but it's a Roman feast, and it started way back when Boniface IV, Pope Boniface IV, uh, dedicated the Pantheon in Rome, which was that temple to all the gods, mm. Pantheon. Uh, he rededicated it or he dedicated it to the Blessed Mother uh, and the martyrs. And so it became a local feast. And then Gregory the Third in the seventh century, I think, and Gregory the Fourth after him, uh, slowly the feast day began to spread out until it became the universal feast day. Uh, and we celebrate All Saints Day on November 1st. So it has a certainly a very long history to it. The church has celebrated saints since back in the first century, but all saints since the 7th century.
0: And when we were speaking about, we've talked about specific saints and, and uh, those that we have as our confirmation name, those we've been named after. And many people um, certainly would have a, a devotion to St. Anthony, the uh, patron saint of lost objects, among others. As you know, uh, Anthony was, had been uh, not a Franciscan. He was a member, I think, of um, an Augustinian recollect order, and then he joined the Franciscans. And why he is known as the patron saint of lost objects, he was a humble man, very learned, and Francis did not like uh, arrogance that came necessarily with those who prided themselves on their academic background. And so When Anthony joined uh, the Franciscan's order and he was assigned to clean and among the things he was to do was sweep the floor and there with the crevices in between the stone floors he would find things and that money, those coins would be given to the poor. So it's believed that that was the background of Anthony as the patron saint of lost objects. Now Father Connell was noted about another saint who's the patron saint of lost hair (laughs) Um, but we don't have time for that. So we're going to turn it over to Pat Pat Kirst, Father Kirst, who's going to talk about the communion of saints and those of us living today and are striving for holiness.
2: Right, when Father Connell in his last diatribe mentioned communion of saints about 10 times in reference to the saints in heaven, and that, of course, is a special object of our veneration and so much so on the Feast of All Saints. But we're reminded that that communion of saints also includes those of us baptized into Jesus Christ now. In the New Testament letters, uh, St. Paul wrote to the saints, to the holy ones. And that was a reference to the fact that having been baptized into Jesus Christ, they've been given a share in the holiness of God. And we recall this universal call to holiness. That's a Vatican II term, Father me, if you haven't heard of that. I'm right. I'm writing it down right now. So, whereas of course we are not the same status as the saints in heaven, there is that sense in which we are made holy by God and that our life is about being saintly and letting God work through us and turning ourselves over to God and surrendering into his will. and and becoming that what we are, as St. Paul wrote in one of his letters, to become do we have time, saints have we are.
1: Do we have time to talk about the church militant? The church Not, riot, that's another show. And no, church we, suffering? We have one I think it's, it's all represented minute. right here it's, it's, at
0: this <laughs>
2: table. Yes. No, I'm going to make an executive
0: decision as the, uh, the bishop of the diocese, um, Rather than to respond to that comment that Father O'Connell once said that square dancing is friendship set to music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to Accompanied about, by an accordion. Yes, we, we talked about that book. It's The Ordinary Suffering Extraordinary Saints by, Saints by Vincent J. O'Malley, CM. That's Congregation of the Mission of Incension. It is a book that I recommend to our listening audience. It's available um, on Amazon. It's it's. You could buy it used uh, just for a couple dollars. I checked them today. But it's really the stories of the saints. uh, Too often we see them just as plastic statues. But real live men and women who suffered in very (laughs) genuine ways of addiction, illness, grief, divorce, disability, unemployment, loneliness, poverty, and discrimination. Using the saints' own words, uh, Father O'Malley uh, discusses the seldom disclosed temptations, failures, and sorrows of more than 100 saints. It's
1: tracking right after... What happened by Hillary Clinton?
0: Well, that's for another show and another network and one less vicar. But, uh, <laughs> in any case, we're hoping that uh, this show has kind uh, of sparked in your lives the gratitude we all have for the gift of our faith. And as we've often said, in all seriousness, as as priests, as bishop, uh, as shepherds of God's people here in Eastern Washington, it, it calls uh, it, it falls upon us to to really pray with you and for you our listening audience and all the faithful and to keep in mind as the saints often did it was their example that led people to come to know jesus and we uh, will pray in a very special way for all the um, the faithful and those who maybe for whatever reason have strayed from the practice of the faith that they come to know christ's love and as christ's love that as we will know inspired these women and men to become what we call as church saints God bless you and thank you for listening to the bishop and the vickers